When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? I'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate $1.99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow. I'm trying to grow the podcast and I want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information. So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you. And please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. What up, y'all? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. How about that for a new one? Because today and for the past few months, I've been bringing you guys some other stories some paranormal, some near-death experiences, and throughout my 30 years of research, interest in the paranormal UFO and near-death experience uh, phenomena, I've gathered some amazing stories and I want to share them with you. And um, today I'm going to share with you a near-death experience story, uh, and I think I may do a few of these uh, moving forward because I think they're really important and I think people can gather a lot of hope in these uh, troubled times and I think that they're going to help us uh, kind of visualize our place in the world, visualize our place in the universe and, and visualize how we can help each other person to person within our family, within our community and our entire society, especially when we have these images that are coming out from uh, the James Webb Space Telescope um, that show all these tremendous pictures. If you guys haven't seen it, go on nasa.com.org and they have incredible pictures from their brand new uh, telescope. They, uh, they had Hubble up there for decades and now we have the James Webb Space Telescope showing us an infinite amount of galaxies out there. So today's story is going to be a near-death experience story um, that's actually pretty cool because it comes from comes to us from Korea. Many stories we hear about are from America, and it's nice to hear uh, a near-death experience story from a different part of the world. In this particular experience, uh, it occurred back in 1966. Uh, where we find these stories is on the nderf.org or near death experience research foundation.org where they have thousands of near death experiences from all across the world today's story is byun ss's near death experience his first name is byun and it happened while he was working on a construction site carrying bricks and i'm going to read this as though it's firsthand from byun speaking to you as he has written it. He states, I was financially responsible for my family at a young age. 
It was early in the morning when I was carrying bricks on my back and going up the zigzag stairs made temporarily against the outer wall of a four-story building. When I fell with the bricks to the bottom, ouch, that, that must hurt. Afterwards, I was lying on a bed covered with a white sheet over my face, and I saw my younger sister collapsed and wailing on the ground. Simultaneously, I was going up in the sky and saw the city of Seoul, South Korea. Over the distance, over in the distance, there was a commercial airplane getting ready to land at the airport, and I went in and flew around the top of the heads of the passengers and looked around, even inside the cockpit of an airplane. Then I looked at the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro, the Eiffel Tower in France, the London Bridge in England, the Sydney Opera House in Australia, and places around Hong Kong. Suddenly, I saw in front of me images like a movie. Now keep in mind this is translated. He was seeing images in front of him like a movie, playing everything I had done in my life from the time I was too young to remember any of them. We all know what that's like. When I was shown times when I had stolen a radish from a field because I was hungry, when I swore at someone, when I spat on the ground, and hitting my younger siblings, etc., I felt tremendous pain in my heart. When those actions were displayed in front of me, I remember vividly trying to avoid watching it, but to no avail. While watching those scenes, I felt repentance for the bad actions I had taken deeply from my bones, like being blown by a strong wind. I was inside a pastel-colored, deep fog which blew me to an extremely clean, bright light in the distance. When I arrived, this color, like of a baby chick, encompassed me with feelings of extreme peace, and I was conversed with an existence that I could not see. Oh, I, I apologize. I conversed with an existence that I could not see and talked with feelings of thought, and felt the answers. So they're using telepathy here. I knew there was an existence, a being, that was in the distance, but I could not see. I had no physical body. I just existed inside extreme peace with great sounding music coming from somewhere. Suddenly I remembered my siblings and thought of wanting to see them. And as soon as I thought this, I was with my siblings in our hut. And while looking at their faces, I felt nothing. As soon as I thought of a place, I was instantly there. And while listening to the stories inside the bright light, I felt and realized it was love. I saw overwhelming lights of fireworks in the darkness outside a window. I wanted to go and see it, so I struggled off the bed as I was laying, and I fell to the floor. My body felt limp like it had no bones and I couldn't make any sounds to ask for help. I don't know how long I was on the cold floor for, but someone laid me on my back, and it was then that I was told that I had returned from the morgue. So he had actually returned from the morgue. When I, had, when I was discharged from the hospital, 
I was known as the child that died and came back to life. So the hospital deputy director and the nurses all, call, all came out and sent me off. While I was resting at home, I would see things that are hidden in people that are walking on the streets. The thoughts that they have in their hearts and where their hurt lies. Knowing what people were thinking as they passed me was fun at first, but seeing it continuously became difficult. Several years later, I went on a business trip with, with three senior partners uh, and work colleagues to Hong Kong. I was able to successfully guide them around from, time, from the time we were on the plane as I had seen it all before. This is interesting because it's information he gathered from before. We arrived in Hong Kong. I remember a fruit stall in a small alley behind the hotel that we were staying at and purchased a bunch of bananas to the amazement of my colleagues. When I go overseas, I'm able to go around like a local because I recognize the streets that I saw or had seen in my experience, in his, his near-death experience. Even now, I'm able to see people differently. And after retirement, I am currently lecturing around and giving talks on life and death. I'm working hard to bring to the public discussions of life after death and the mean, meaning of dying well. So that's the end of his testimony there. He states uh, in the afterlog here uh, that it was an accidental clinical death. It was a cessation of breathing or heart function. He didn't hear the detailed status of his condition, but later uh, heard that he had come back midway from the morgue. And we hear a lot of, a lot of these similar situations happen in these near-death experiences where they come back in the morgue and it's pretty scary because once they put your body in, in those, you know, containers, um, like the wall of stainless steel drawers, you know, you're in there. So it's pretty tough uh, to let anybody know that you are still alive. Um, he states that he clearly left his body and existed outside of it as he was able to travel all around the world. Um, he stated that he had more consciousness and alertness than normal. He had a very high level of consciousness and found a lot of serenity and calmness. Uh, he stated that his thoughts were sped up incredibly fast. Uh, they were incredibly vivid. Uh, he said that their, uh, his vision was clearer than everyday vision. Um, he stated that he passed through a tunnel. The light was very far away and surrounded by bright light. So he didn't think he was in a tunnel, but he was pulled at an incredibly fast speed, which is very common because we have a lot of folks that are basically are pulled out of their body. And what's interesting is when people have um, these astral travel experiences, they often hear a pop right before they or right during the time when they pop out of their body many of these near-death experience stories refer to the same pop either when they're coming out of their body or when they're popping back into their body there's this loud pop sound it's very interesting um, moving forward he stated he felt extreme uh, happiness um, that everything about the universe that he saw 
um, like planets, looked like grains of sand in, in space, which they would because there's millions upon probably billions of galaxies out there. Um, so that's really fascinating. He stated that his life flashed before him, so he talked about that, and he talked about seeing uh, the, the bad deeds that he had done um, and being very shameful for them. Um, in, in different cultures, they focus on different aspects, whether they're, you know, good aspects or bad aspects. And I think, you know, in, you know, in America, you know, I think we focus on anything negative that we've done. And so I think we would be the same way as, you know, someone who experienced a near-death experience in Korea. Um, but many near-death experiences also talk about the beneficial um, things that they've done on the earth as well. Um, he did not encounter a Jesus-like figure, um, but he did encounter some, some force, some, some large force. Um, and he was brought back to life. He wasn't given an option of staying or not, uh, according to his testimony. Um, so that is very, 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 very frequently, uh, discussed in near-death experience stories where they're given the option to come back or to stay and sometimes they're forced to come back said no it's not your time you have to go back some people are given the option to stay um, but what's interesting is in many near-death experience stories when they're given the option to stay they're told that this is all there will, will ever be so we're given the chance to come back so that we can continue to learn and maybe uh, develop our afterlife experience as well while we're working here on earth so that's really fascinating so this is the end of the story that's my take on it i think it's definitely an interesting story it's nice to hear from a story from around the world especially this is back in 1966 uh, six, so you know it's very fascinating there i hope you guys enjoyed the podcast Hopefully it gives you guys something to think about and chew on for this evening. Uh, I hope you guys are taking care of your spiritual health, your physical health, your emotional health, following through in your hobbies and your goals and your dreams, and as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care of yourselves, and Lockdown Universe out.